My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the U.S. Open preview edition of Shack House presented by Callaway Golf. Today we are going to talk to Fox Sports executive producer of golf and USGA programming, Mark Loomis. He's a longtime golfer, great guy. I think you'll really enjoy hearing his insights into what Fox does to get ready for the event this week. And of course, House and I are going to kick around all things Aaron Hills, U.S. Open, odds, storylines. It's going to be a wacky, wacky week here in Milwaukee. But first, let's kick this one off with a great promo offer from Callaway. You've heard us talk about Callaway Customs, which lets you personalize your clubs and balls, choose your paint fill, weight, port colors, and throw some custom stamping on there for good measure, and you have yourself a custom tour player like Wedge. They are really cool. Well, in celebration of the 117th U.S. Open, Callaway is offering $25 off your order of Callaway Customs Wedges for the next three weeks. So to redeem this offer, go to callawaygolf.com customs, use a design tool to get your wedges looking just right, then enter that promo code HOUSE25. That's HOUSE25 at checkout to apply the discount for $25 off your order of Callaway Customs Wedges for the next three weeks. The Shack House is also brought to you by SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better, simpler way to buy, and that is with SeatGeek. It's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events with their seamless mobile experience. You can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. They save you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. Best of all, Shack House listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. It's baseball season. Go get SeatGeek and get yourself some tickets to see some great baseball. Get your $20 rebate on tickets. Here's what you do. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click 
add a promo code. Enter promo code HOUSE. That's H-O-U-S-E, HOUSE. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. That's $23. Download the SeatGeek app. Enter promo code HOUSE today. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for all things PGA and beyond. Now, let's go to the Shack House. Greetings, House, from uh, 35 miles northwest of Milwaukee, to be precise. How you doing today? Shaq, I am awesome. It's the Monday of U.S. Open week. You know, as a, as a punter, as a, a person that likes mm. to engage in a couple of, of wagers, maybe allocating a little capital, I have to tell you, I like to do it fully <laughs> dressed. You know me. Uh, that's good to know. ABH is, is one of my rules, always be handsome. At this point in the week, <laughs> I have my, my shirt still untucked, and I have to be honest, my pants aren't even on yet. It's, it's still not quite time for me. I'm not, I don't have yeah, the you full know, uniform on. It's, it's going to sneak up on you. You know, it's Monday at, uh, evening. Come on, it's going to happen here pretty soon. You better start getting your act together. Well, hopefully today's conversation will help you uh, maybe put a few names down on uh, paper, allocate your capital properly. I'm counting on uh, it. But that, that's yeah, what yeah, yeah. So I'm, so, I'm, well, I'm here to ask you some questions. I mean, I, I'm excited for all it. All right. All right. Well, let's set up the U.S. Open, and then we'll set up Aaron Hills, and you feel free to throw out some thoughts or questions along the way. And then we'll we'll get to our uh, picks a little bit after a break, and then we'll get to Mark Loomis and uh, for his chat. Um, so just to start with the basics, House, we've got 156 players. Low 60 and ties. The 10-shot rule does not exist anymore, so you need to be in that low 60 and ties. Uh, important handicapping. Uh, and by the way, these are completely random I'm giving you. This is just my notes and all my pre-U.S. Open rating. No left-hander has ever won the U.S. Open, which kind of surprised me. But is that I true? Thought about it and, yeah. Why is that? Yeah, how about that? I don't know. Well, because Phil Mickelson's finished second six times. That's why. <laughs> um, uh, there have been 33 playoffs, but only three pr- playoffs the last 23 years, which I just got. I'm here in the pr- press center, and I just got a two head turns when I said the P word, which <laughs> is just not a good idea to mention the playoff word. We really are due for a Monday playoff. But anyway, I book my travel accordingly, assuming there's going to be a Monday playoff every year. And uh, I wasn't burned, you know, in 08. When Tiger did uh, what he did, but uh, we have uh, let out. What else? The last sectional qualifier to win was Lucas Glover in '09. Um, now here's a key thing to to note. So we're at Aaron Hills. It's it's uh, uh, in a uh, uh, interesting state here, Wisconsin, that just hosted a major uh, less than two years ago. Um, so we're all pretty familiar with the area. But it did host the 2011 United States Amateur. Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau. Justin Thomas, Peter Uline all made the match play portion of the proceedings, which now to make the U.S. Amateur is a great accomplishment, but to make the match play of those 64 players, you've, you've played pretty well. So those are some names just to keep in mind that, that have some experience on the golf course and positive experience because, you know, you, they must have played decently. Spieth had a 69 house in the stroke play portion of the U.S. Amateur. You know, they played two rounds. One was here. One was at Blue Mound. Country Club, of course, I, I hope to get to see this week an old Seth Rayner that, that, that looks sensational. Um, couldn't be more different golf courses, by the way. And so they came here in the, this kind of big, linksy place. Other, one other person to note, he's uh, going out early. 
uh, and he is, I love his name, uh, because when you go to the, the Open Championship, the announcers just just butcher it. Um, Jordan Nybrugge, uh, they go with Nyberger and all these great things. He finished tied for fourth in the 2015 Marquette Invitational here at Aaron Hills while representing Oklahoma State. There is a deep dive fact for you on this field. Or maybe, House, what it really says, it shows you how little we know about how these people are going to play this golf course. Well, you just had me get out the highlighter, make- Shaq. Yeah. I just got out the pink <laughs> highlighter. I got my tw- my twenty yeah. top twenty list. Jordan Nybrugge yeah. plus nine fifty. That's almost ten to one odds. Ooh, oh, okay. I, I, I assure you that Jordan is getting a little capital. I love that. He's got I that love that, that early tea time. But before we get going too much further here, we had Mike Davis on last week, and we tried yeah. our best to get out of Mike. Some setup nuggets. You are yeah. physically on grounds right now, and you've, you've yes. walked the course at least once. My very first question for you, as you size things up, and you, we, we know that the weather is going to play a big part in this question I'm about to ask you, and there's still some, uh, you know, there's, the forecast includes the possibility of rain each of the days. It's going up and oh, down yeah. in terms of the, All over the, map, the percentages, yeah. but right now, Here's my first question for you. Does this setup look to you like it's an under par setup or an over par setup? And again, let me, I before you answer, un- I, yeah. we know that it's a oh. par 72 for the first time in since 1992. Yeah. Key factor there. Yeah, key key, <laughs> key factor. Uh, yeah, not since Pebble Beach in 92 have we seen a par, par 72. That's a... Uh, that's a long time. I think it's going to be under par house. The, the greens are so immaculate, and they're not crazy fast, but they're they're quick enough. They're not like they're super slow that the guys will be thrown off and leaving everything short. And then they're they're holding. Um, they're not they're not pin cushions, but they're holding enough. And they're also that also means they they, they have some wicked run, uh, little swales and runoffs and funnels and strange little features. And so I think that uh, if it got firm and fast, it would get ridiculous. And so it's it's within reason. But boy, the, it is so difficult. It is so long and and so so cruel in spots. And and some of the roughs are brutal. Some of the uh, bunkers are brutal. I look at a lot of the greens. I don't see four hole locations. So I you know when I look at a whole course like that, that scares me. But that's it. You give them perfect greens. There are no major wind events in the forecast, and I just think that these guys are too good not to to finish under par. Plus, you give them four par fives, and uh, now they're not easy par fives. Although the first hole, I think they'll they'll light up. Tough tee shot with a wetland on the left. Not exactly the most enjoyable start to the day, but after that, it's a pretty smooth sailing hole. So, I'm going to go under par. Okay, I like it. That's yeah. probably going to yeah. be. A prop bet, so we'll have to, to keep an eye out for what kind yeah, of odds. Yeah, and you just got to keep watching the weather forecast, but the weather forecast is a nightmare trying to uh, how much it changes here. I mean, we had, we you know, so we have Phil Mickelson, uh, who has his chance to play, and, and he, this morning we got up to a 40% chance of morning thunderstorms Thursday, which is his only hope if they get a, he needs about an hour and a half delay um, Thursday to have a chance to play in the afternoon and make his tea time. Um, and so that, you know, that's why it's kind of fun to watch the weather because there was that moment. Um, now, House, a few other things about the course. 
just uh, to give you everybody a little bit of feedback when they sit there and go, where in the hell is Aaron Hills and why are we here? Um, it uh, It's had a turbulent history in its short history. It was open It's only 10 years old. How, how can it have a turbulent yeah. history? Oh, it's had a turbulent history. It's had like three redesigns or three major renovations. It's had two owners. The first owner was uh, a good man, good heart, spent a lot of money, uh, had some wacky ideas. And so he had to sell it. And a guy named Andy Ziegler uh, paid $10.5 million and has really pumped unbelievable amounts into it. So the conditioning is incredible. The superintendent, Zach Reineking, he, uh, he's been here. I mean, he literally has put things on his personal credit card uh, and, and seen this place hit rock bottom. And so... That's one of the cooler stories, I think, to see somebody who literally was here at the at the absolute worst and is now getting to showcase his talents with an immaculate golf course in a you know a U.S. Open setting is amazing. And he's the one who kind of got him on the fescue fairways, which are amazing. They're just beautiful, and well, uh, it's me, a walking only place. Uh, can I? Could we hit pause so, for a second on the fescue fairways? Yeah, just for a minute. I have a question for you. We today we had two different players post Instagrams showing the gist off the fairway fescue. Yeah. We had Kevin Na, who um, I, I I guess was showing some anxiety. I don't know how to describe. Yeah, a little his, rage. His, I'd, I'd his emotion. Rage. Well, yeah. well, here's and then and then you had Lee Westwood, who did an army okay, crawl. Okay, now I haven't seen this. Well, Tell Lee, me what, what just, did Lee Westwood it's, do. It's within the last hour, and it's honestly the approach that I would have personally taken. Now, we already know, everybody knows that I am a corny-ass, oh, yeah. you know, ham. But it had Lee Westwood talking, and then he, he appears in the, in, the, in the frame on this little Instagram clip with the ball <laughs> out of the fescue from an army crawl, say, hello, found it. So very funny, very clever. Here's my thing with, with the gnaw rant. Like, okay. and it's, it's a question I'm going to pose to you in a moment. Um... It, everything that I've read so far suggests that you have to hit the ball pretty far askew and askance to find yourself in that, in, that, in that high stuff. So what's the point of on Monday showing up and, and jumping right into you know, the, the most penal portion of the course and layering what seems to be a type of criticism, lobbing a criticism? Brother, it's, it's Monday. Like, I don't like your frame of mind. Yeah. If what you're doing with your Monday, part of it is, I guess, what, USGA shaming? I mean, I, I actually root for Nah. Yeah. He's a, got a great record in the U.S. Open. I thought about allocating a little capital to him, but I didn't like his tone of voice in this Instagram. No, so t- tell you, me no. about the tall fescue, where it is on the course. Are we going to see guys okay. in it? What's the deal? All right, well, first, so you have the players coming in very hostile to the USGA at the moment because of last year's situation, because of, I mean, there's a number of, a long list. They think Fox money should be going more to them than to the USGA running its programs. I mean, it's a laundry list of things that the players have beefs with. They don't like uh, some of the things Mike does with setup. Um, they don't. They feel like he, he he's kind of always trying to trick them and surprise them. And by the way, before, sorry, before I forget, to that point, I've already noticed he's telegraphing course setup stuff with more uh, T marker sets and extra netting out on tees to kind of quiet that. They're working very hard to try to quiet that. The one thing where they I think they made a mistake and where Kevin Nye is correct 
is this this native rough in spots. And so, okay, to your point, yes, it's very wide. However, it gets very windy here, so you can reach this stuff. And what has happened, House, is this is very common on prairie golf courses. They have fairway irrigation is designed to go to the edge of that fairway, and then you have your, your long, wispy native grasses. Well, because these prairie golf courses have wind, the wind blows the overspray from the when the course is irrigated. Even the tiniest little bit of wind blows that into the natives, and that, that pumps up the natives. So the situation we have here is that the first three, four yards right off the kind of what you would call the classic rough cut of three inches or so, that stuff is just on steroids. And then, but if you blow it way into the natives, it's you find your ball no problem. Now, again, that's way, way offline. These are the widest fairways that I think that the players have ever seen in a U.S. Open. So he is, I think you're right to kind of question the the mindset, but he is correct that it's a bad situation. And that I've, I've heard there have been other holes where they've already gone and widened out some of that rough and tried to take it down. So I think it will be a situation in that there will be some marshals who, who really have stress uh, trying to find balls, and we're going to lose a few balls. Um, I don't think it'll happen a lot, but it will happen a few times. So I don't think it's going to restrict the use of driver. Uh, Dana Fry, one of the architects, was telling me Rory is pumped. He is loving that he's going to be able to hit his driver. Wait, so it's who? Not, what it's name not, did you just say? Uh, that would be who? Rory McIlroy. He's rejoining the golf world this week. I yes. Remember him? I, I That was <laughs> this dude that's like touring Europe and getting suntan on his on his And bum. still that's spending what, a lot of time in the gym. I don't know if you've oh. seen him, but... Um, Whatever that's going on with his back and his rib, it does not appear to be deterring um, his uh, physical uh, fitness routine. Well, nothing like, is, uh, uh, you know, touching. making a triumphant return at the U.S. Open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough ask for him. But I have been very down on him because he doesn't like wind and all that stuff. But I have heard he's been very positive about the golf course and, and is, is and we've talked about this with certain guys. It gets the mojo gets going with the. The, when they can hit driver. Okay. So, um, anyway, it's going to be a few other things. It's going to be 7,500 yards or so every day. It could be stretched to 8,348, uh, which is absurd. God. It's, um, it's 350 acres of golf course. The property is over 600, 137 bunkers. So the bunkers are fascinating. You're going to see some weird, weird stuff. You're going to see some temper tantrums probably. The, the bunker floors house, are kind of they have movement in them. So... Not only are they kind of cool looking and, and bizarre, but they have you, you won't see many level stances or level lies. And I so think when that's you fascinating. but when you say movement, does that mean once a guy in the gets floor of the bunker? Okay, once a guy gets settled, though, there's no yeah, danger yeah, yeah. that the ball's going to move. No, no, no. You just the sand mean un, is, uneven, uneven lie yeah. on the floor. Uneven lie, and then the sand is this kind of little pebbly, rocky kind of stuff. That's uh, it's firm. So that's good. They'll like that. But you're going to see some guys looking at their uh, – they're going to have to go to the Callaway Customs Program and order themselves some new shiny wedges after this week. I think they're going to get a little dinged up. Um, I think that's about all I have on the golf course. You're going to see the great Holy Hill in the distance. You'll get uh, plenty of shots of that. It's uh, They get 300,000 visitors there a year. It's on the National Register of Historic Places, and it's basically your line off the 18th tee. It's really a beautiful thing, and it's, it's incorporated into – the, the poster and a lot of the stuff here. And uh, it was dedicated in 1931. It's at 1,300 feet. It's a really cool uh, element here. And I, I remember when I first came here that it's, it's uh, 
it's one of the things that adds some visual build beauty to the place. But but basically, it's it's Mike Davis said it best. He didn't say it in our pod last week, but he did say it uh, at some other point. That this is like Shinnecock Hills on steroids, and that's that's kind of what it is. It's just massive, and it's got some great great holes. It's got and it's got some weird stuff. Okay. Um, well, well. Yeah. So there you I, go. I think we've reached the point where it's about time for us to start talking about some picks. Start, start talking about some guys that are in form and and uh, come up with some ideas. But let's let's quick uh, let's quickly hear a word from our good pals at Odyssey first. They're the number one putter in golf house, which of course you know, and they're especially hot right now with the new O Works micro hinge insert. Which, from Odyssey, dynamically generates top spin at impact, keeping the ball on its intended line to help you make more putts. So why not give the gift of more putts to dear old dad for Father's Day? Visit odysseygolf.com slash Father's Day to view the entire Father's Day gift guide. It's the number one putter in golf, Odyssey. And it might be in the winner's bag this week here at Aaron Hills where the greens are incredible. Well, you know, I have my annual member guest coming up. It starts Thursday. It always coincides with the U.S. Open. I really, I love that. that's right. I just have the Fang 2-ball. You know, no micro hinge insert. We're going to see how the Fang... Two ball treats yeah. me. I might need a new putter come come Father's Day. I'm not. I actually putted pretty well. My practice round was yesterday. I, mean, I don't want to jinx oh. it, but I, I putted. Pre- I had a decent putting day yesterday. So we'll see how the week goes. Okay. All right, Shaq. So look, it's the Monday of U.S. Open week. I know that you have had to go ahead and put yourself on the line, make a couple calls. You've, you you're you're on, on golf week. Um, golfweek.com you've already got a couple selections out there uh as is my way i have a pool of guys um before we jump in the before we jump in the pool let's hear which way you are leaning and a little rationale for why i am you know i think the obsession with the length off the tee here is probably a little overrated now that i've seen the course seen how the ball's running yes it's long i uh, I think, though, the, the greater uh, emphasis should be placed on on your iron play and your approach play to the greens, and you have to be a high ball hitter here. And that's what makes this play so difficult is you, you really need to come in with either very short clubs or a very high ball flight, uh, but then you need to also be able to flight the ball with the wind. So now we know a lot of the modern uh, golf balls and clubs allow these guys to pretty much launch the ball in a way that they don't really care about uh, lower flights. So so this makes me, like somebody like Brandon Grace, who's played so well in the last few years in the U.S. Open, I'm totally fascinated by how he'll do here because he can hit the ball up high enough if he needs to, but he likes to hit it low. So is he, you know, if the wind's blowing, is he going to have fun out here flighting it down, but then every once in a while hitting up nice and high? Because into these greenhouses, the, the, there's just the, the little compartments where the holes are are so tiny that you really need to be precise and a lot of the greens are uphill second shots a lot of the second shots are, are decent length and so that's why I'm starting to really like that that uh, that guy who can who's just a great approach player and can uh, can flight it high I that's, like that's this so this I'm is at. I'm not I'm not I, feeling like and then the putting thing oh that's the other thing we have to talk about too um you know, we've already kicked it around, but the greens are so good. You know, is that going to just take the advantage somebody like a Spieth has, take them to another level, or is it going to elevate the mediocre putters? My view is that it's going to elevate 
some mediocre putters, and that 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 there's there's not a lot of fear factor in the greens that you get at other U.S. Open courses. So when you talk about sort of so-so putters like a Billy Horschel or uh, Paul Casey, and they're great ball strikers, I think they're gonna if they like the course, I think they're gonna do well here. But it's so much of it is. Do you like this place? And, and you just have to watch the player comments. So I love um, the setup here. You name your guys, and then I'm going to tell you. I, I have collected a pool based on on the the, the research uh, on my own where that started emphasizing. I saw this recurring theme of ball striker over long hitter. Long hitter obviously is going to uh, be important. DJ is going to get, you know, he's going to be in some kind of uh, capital arrangement that I come up with. But I have a whole mm-hmm. pool of ball strikers here, so I'm excited to hear your reaction. But go ahead and give us a couple names. Well, uh, yeah, I'm still bullish on Ricky Fowler just because of the way he played well at Memorial, and we, we mentioned that last week. But I'm I'm leaning now more in the direction of Jason Day and Justin Rose playing in a Monday playoff for the U.S. Open. Uh, obviously, that's a pretty uh, dreamy scenario, two elite players. But uh, Rose was somebody who came in here with not very – uh, much in the way of uh, good vibes that he'd heard about the place. And he got here early. I think he got here last Friday. Uh, and he, I'm hearing, is really, really positive on the place. He is one of those people who doesn't need to have a great finish the week before or two weeks before. And he can he can hit beautiful iron shots. You know, he won at Marion. He can hit a high, long irons. And so I, I love his game here. And then Jason Day is sitting on a big week. And he's done so well in the U.S. Open the last few years. And so it's, uh, it's just a matter of time before he, uh, he wins one of these. And, and uh, again, a, a player to watch his comments. Yeah, because he can turn on a course. He's not bubble-like, but he can, he can shut down pretty quick if he doesn't like a place. So uh, that's, that's a great point, right? All Shack House listeners, pay attention to Jason Day, his press conference today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. See what kind of vibe he's given off before you jump in a pool with, with Jason Day. I also like Jason Day. I found his uh, positivity over the last handful of, of events he's participated in to be very encouraging. I loved his Sunday at Memorial. I, I, I immediately said Jason Day is going to get a little taste. But your point is exactly yeah. the right one. Let's make sure he has, that positivity carries through, that he hasn't been uh, disenchanted, found anything disenchanting about the Aaron Hills experience. If he's still talking all that great talk, I like Jason Day. Now, let me throw some names at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've just done, I mean, like, I'm sure everybody's sitting there listening going, oh, wow, gee, there's there's some names I hadn't (laughs) heard. Justin Fowler, Rose, and Day. Wow. Maybe Jordan Spieth, too. Why not throw him in there? You know my rule. My I don't, I don't, I don't even really want to look at a guy until you get to 20 to 1. Now, Justin Rose, right. interestingly, is sitting right there at 20 to 1. That's worth a wow. taste. That's worth a taste to yeah. me. Um, I like the story of Sergio. He's the only one that could, could uh, complete the Grand Slam. I'm definitely going to bet Sergio for a top 20 this week. He's sitting at 28 to 1. I'm not going to bet him to win because um, it feels like it's just asking too much. But he's a guy who fits that category that you just described of, yeah. you know, maybe not a great putter, but that because of the, the pureness of these greens yep. Um, yep. could, could sure find does. something and start working it. And he's, but here's he, where, I think you're also yeah, go ahead. Oh, just one line. And he's, Europe, he's from Europe. And I think a lot of the Europeans, Dana Fry, again, one of the architects with Michael Hurdson and, and Ron Wooden, 
uh, feels very strongly that a European is going to win here. He just well, that's just his sense that the the style of golf is gonna is gonna suit those guys a little bit more. That fits this 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 pool I'm about to describe to you pretty well. So my first. Uh, candidate, I'm going to put a star next. There's one guy I want to ask you what you think about his current form. But here, here's my list. Here are the guys that for sure are going to are, are going to get a little action for me. Thomas Peters, he's proven it on the biggest yep. stages. I loved what he did at the Masters. I love what he did at the Ryder Cup. He has all of the game for any kind of yep. variety of, of um, shots called for under whatever circumstances may be uh, prevalent here at Aaron Hills. 40 to 1, Thomas Peters, he gets a taste. You mm. mentioned, yeah. as a curiosity, Brandon Grace. I'm in on Brandon Grace. He keeps doing it on, on big stages. 50 to 1, Brandon. At 50 to 1, yeah, Brandon, you and I are going to be pals this week. Interesting <laughs> To me, that the South Africans, I keep having South Africans show up on my my list, but they, they have mm. the track record. Schwartzel has been like one round away several times this season. <laughs> Charles Schwartzel yeah. at six, 60 to 1? Sure. 60 to yeah, 1 gets sure. a look for he's me. A, how is I he's, like that. He's flipping, he's flipping off his divots, okay? I'm not yeah. sure if mentally right now. But he's that's in, a in place Memphis. That. That's in Memphis. And then I don't care that you, you don't flip off your divot after you hit a shot when you're on national television. That's just not that's not normal behavior. That was in Memphis, and that was his index finger. I'm not sure it was clear <laughs> that it was his, his his middle finger, but in any event, I don't think it speaks to a peaceful, quiet mind. All right, if all right, I may just be so bold. Well, we've been we've been talking about quiet minds being important for this week. I have one last Euro. <laughs> you made fun of me uh, for not including him on an earlier list. I do like Shane Lowry. Now, the problem I the only problem I oh, have with Shane Lowry, yeah. a lot of people love him. He's the, like the sleeper du jour. So, uh, yeah. you know, that, that it's a karma story. It, it, it wants me to walk off. Exactly. Everybody loves a good karma story. Here's Shane Lowry at Aaron Hills. Um, he is at plus Irish, seven. Yeah. Yeah. 75 to one is pretty good, though. I kind of might have to do it. Pretty taste. good. He, sh- pretty, he should be at least good. 100 still. But, and then yeah. here are my a couple of Americans real quick. I like very much our good friend. Kevin Kisner, obviously because right. we were going he's got the Shack House bounce working for him. Yep. Right? We have a good record last year with the Shack House bounce, right, Shaq? Yep. That's we right. Both, Henrik Stenson had, won the Open Championship. Jim Furyk yeah. nearly won the U.S. Open. Yeah, second in the in the, in the U.S. Uh, Open. The Furyk this year Green is played beautifully in the Ryder Cup. There we go. That's all, all to our credit. All yeah. Shack House bounce. Those guys. We've got. Kiz with a win, a second, seven top 15s and 13 starts. Yeah, I, so I, I feel like he's uh, a, a pick du jour also this week. That's okay. Other a guys pick du jour I like. like pans out house is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, who else? That's right. If, if it works, it works. Uh, Kiz at 50 to 1, that, that guy gets a little a little little allocation. I also like Kevin Chappell. Um, falling a little bit off the radar mm-hmm. after his win down in in, in Texas, but yes. still a, yeah, a, a world-class ball striker, a good record in the, um, in the open. And it's he at, does have at, it, yeah. at 65 to one. Yeah. Kev, we're, we're, we're going to be pals this week. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he solid choice, solid choice. He definitely has some sort of a, a U S open <clears throat> thing and it's important. Some guys just hate this event 
uh, and some just love it. They 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 rise to the occasion. I think Spieth is in that class, and there's a few others that just love the U.S. Open. Doesn't matter where it's played. So so two last non-U.S. players. I have to have Benny on. B-H on, Ben on, at 125 to 1. You have to have him. You I have to have, have him. Hasn't have missed him. a cut Why this season. Why do you season. have to have him? He's been outstanding all season long. He's been right okay. around. He's been in a, he's been a bunch of top fives, uh, strong top 20 record this season. And then the last one, another, speaking of Shaq House bounce, I can't believe we left him Adam. off. Oh. Well, Hadwin is, is not on my list. No, but you, no. Oh well, he yeah, he would be that Shack House pants. I was gonna. I thought you were gonna maybe nominate Adam Scott, oh. who's kind of coming in quietly. But go ahead. No, I'm gonna nominate Mark Leishman, who who definitely isn't ah. is ready for a for a Shack yeah. House bounce, and another guy with major chops. Yeah, who can so, putt? <laughs> who who can putt? So that's my yeah. list. That's my that's my. That's list. a great that's, pick. That's, that's what is, my what's, pool. What's Leishman at these days? One twenty-five to one. One twenty-five to one. One twenty-five to one. I'm sorry, I'm excited. And what could you? It's a good number. Do you have a top ten or top twenty number uh, somewhere there too for, for him? For Leishman, so Leishman's because, uh, yeah. Leishman's top twenty number is plus four twenty-five. That's four to one odds for a top twenty. And his his uh, his top ten. Let me yeah. see Leishman's top ten. That's got to be. Probably all the way up to like you know nine to one or something. Let me find here, Mark Leishman, uh, top. Another 10. one to look up while you're looking is uh, Alex Noren. We haven't mentioned his name as somebody who coming in. I mean, that's what makes this U.S. Open so difficult. Is we have the combination of an unknown venue, and then we have all these top players who've shown some signs, and then they throw something like an 82 at the players at you. In John Rom's case, uh, we have Ricky, you know, with a weird little lull. At the players in the Zurich, uh, but otherwise very consistent. So it's a confusing time in that sense. Uh, that, And then Dustin Johnson, I mean, who knows what's going on there. And then we have a, a childbirth coming this week, so we don't know what his timing will be. So it, to me, it's one of the most fascinating to watch in that sense. So, And we haven't even mentioned luck of the draw. And, well, and I really do. It's important to look at that. Uh, if you're doing a fantasy team or something or a pool, I think you've got to look at the tee times and look at the weather <laughs> late Wednesday because well, it changes. That's why I said I, I, my, my shirt's untucked, my pants aren't on yet. Those are all critical items yeah. to putting together the, the punter suit that we're talking about. Well, especially because the tee times are so spread out here. I have a question because we're going to get to um, – uh, Mark Loomis uh, momentarily yeah. here. Um, and I have a question on that tea time thing and the duration of the rounds. But let me give you the the numbers on Noren because you raised it. 60 to 1 yeah. to win, uh, 5 to 1 for a top 10, and a little better than, than 2 to 1 uh, on a um, on a top 20. Well, Leishman, do these people want anybody to bet on golf? That, that's just absurd. Anyway, go Leishman on. is 10, not very 10 to 1 for a top tempting. 10. Uh, so I could go know. over to Turfway Turf Paradise and get get better value. Anyway, well, so um, before we Leishman? before we get oh, no. Leishman is uh, ten to one for top ten, and and okay. and one hundred twenty five to one to win. Okay, see that's those are more realistic numbers. But. Yeah, that that feels about right. That, so that's a yeah. nice that's that's the pool. Uh, I will as okay. always. Um, come Wednesday, give a full spread on Twitter of exactly uh, who I've settled on. I will have my punter suit on, pants on and okay. zipped up, jacket on, tie, little bowler cap, because we like to keep a proper ABH, always be handsome, Shaq. 
I know you know yeah, that. Yeah. I see you on the Golf Channel always rocking something, some uh, wonderful yeah. sartorial choices. Well, we have a full day of press conferences on Tuesday to pour over, and then we, uh, we've got the weather to look at on Wednesday and kind of determine uh, who might uh, have the luck of the draw. So, there, yeah, there's time, and we'll, maybe we'll uh, – have some decent prop bets by then. You know, there should the U.S. Open. There should be great stuff with you know low sectional qualifier. I mean, there's so many great stories and fun elements to this one. You've got uh, Davis Love caddying for his son Drew now, who's uh, going to get in the event. I believe today it should be official by now. So. Uh, Come on, come on, Vegas. Have some. Come up with some fun stuff. Yeah, there, there, it's, it's coming this out. Is, this it'll is be not hard. It'll be overnight tonight. And if I if I may, I am appearing on Against All Odds tomorrow. We're going to record with the cousin oh. Sal. We're going to talk a little U.S. golf uh, ringer. Oh, nice ringer podcast. Ringer.com, Against All Odds with the cousin Sal. His his band of, of degenerates. I invited myself on to talk some golf. Odds. Recording tomorrow. I think it goes up Wednesday. So by then, hopefully, there'll be some some good props and check. Okay. I might I'd have to get some input from you before I jump on there. Okay. I don't want to embarrass yeah, myself yeah. too much. Before- no, absolutely. Let me know. I'm, I'm on the ground here. That's the fun of being here, and I'm, I'm tweeting and all that stuff, and my website, I'm uh, doing stuff, and uh, it should be, I, well, I'm just going to be watching the words carefully. I, I, usually, I usually don't think much of press conferences, but I think you'll be able to read between the lines with some of these guys and how they feel about this place, and it's uh, it's a key element. Well, I have one one last our, question uh, to you on that front game. before yeah. we jump over to Mark Loomis, and it factors very much into yes. uh, Mark Loomis's life over the next uh, week or so. I we've heard from a lot of different sources about how big this place is, and um, the combination of the, the setup plus the size of, of the joint, plus the possibility of weather. Are we going to have 12 hours of U.S. Open coverage? I mean, it comes on at 11 each morning, but, you know, they're not going to cut away if guys are still playing. And how long does it stay light out um, there in Wisconsin these days? Oh, very late. Yeah, I don't know how long they'll stay if there's a, if there's a delay. Obviously, if Phil Mickelson jets in, because there was a delay and ends up playing, they'll probably cover <laughs> him going all the way to the parking lot. They'll be so excited. But yeah, no. Well, and remember, there's bonus online coverage at uh, USGA or USOpen.com and Fox Sports Go have the uh, they have some feeds, and uh, so you, you can get plenty of stuff there if they're not on Fox Sports One the first two rounds, and then obviously on on Big Fox on the weekend. So that, that, that I can't get enough. I mean, I'm psyched. I love the idea of coming on at 11 and just showing until the last guy has, has putted the last putt of, of the day until there's, there's no more daylight left. That's what I want out of every major. It makes me angry when we don't get that for every major. So I like that. Well, that if they went to the this. West Coast every year, this wouldn't, that, that would happen. Um, they have, I will say, the USGA has stacked the afternoons with some, some good pairings. The old guard USGA might not have done the things quite the way this group does there's definitely a little bit more of a a television um well i don't i'm not gonna say they're chasing ratings but they're thinking of their television partners in some of the the groupings here so and you know what the game will move on there's nothing wrong with that it's it's a this is here for entertainment this is fun this is supposed to be uh exciting and dramatic and i think i think this house let me tell you one last thing about the golf course it's going to take somebody with a, a good temperament. They're, everybody's going to have one boondoggle out there where they hit a good shot and it's going to roll back over a green and go down some ridiculous hill. <laughs> and, you know, there's going to be a few moments where you just need to take a few breaths, calm down, and, and not lose your mind out there. So 
Keep that in mind as well. Well, you know, I who, think a veteran presence. Yeah. Might, as much as we think the youth are going to do well here because it's an endurance contest, don't count out uh, the, the calm old soul. Well, we are lucky. Speaking of somebody that might understand that this is entertainment, uh, and having Mark Loomis as a guest, about to come up with his interview right here. But first, a quick word from our very good friends at Blue Apron. Springtime Shack is a great time to hit the reset button and retackle personal goals like getting fit, cleaning, and cooking. Luckily, Blue Apron makes incredible home cooking easy and accessible by delivering seasonal recipes with step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, all for less than $10 per meal. You can even customize your recipes based on your preferences and select a delivery option that's right for you. No weekly commitment. You only get deliveries when you want them. Here we are, Shaq, featured upcoming meals. Some of the meals available in June. Warm smoked trout and asparagus salad with fingerling potatoes and garlic croutons. We have spiced zucchini enchilada with creamy lime and tomato rice. Oh, the acid from the tomato rice, the creamy. I can't wait to see how they make the lime creamy. Creamy lime. That's another winner. It's a lote style vegetable tostadas with summer squash, poblano peppers and cilantro rice. Peach honey glazed chicken with mashed sweet potatoes, collard greens, and Thai basil. They're covering all the spring flavors. That's one, two, three, four for four. That's a that's a that's almost hitting for the cycle as far as I'm concerned, Shaq. Now listen, check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free. First three meals free. That's an outstanding offer with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash shackhouse. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Shaq House. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, House, we're very excited to have Mark Loomis on the show today. Mark is the executive producer of uh, all the USGA events on Fox Sports, and he oversees the whole operation, and it is a massive, massive operation, and it's a, it's an incredible one then uh, to pull off here. It, it, they do it once a year. It's like doing the Super Bowl and not doing much else uh, because none of the other USGA events are on this scale. But now it's just a little bit about Mark Loomis. He grew up playing Wingfoot in uh, Mamaroneck, New York, and uh, as a as a wee lad at the 1974 championship there, he was given a golf ball by Gary Player in a practice round, and that got him hooked on the game, which is uh, a nice little reminder to the, the tour players out there how much that can mean to uh, to a young person out watching. He served as a standard bearer at the 1984 U.S. Open at Wingfoot. And how about this? He was <laughs> the standard bearer with the Fuzzy Zeller on the Sunday when he stood in the fairway and waved the uh, white towel towards Greg Norman on the 18th green, one of the great moments in U.S. Open history, and he got to witness it. He later caddied in the Open at the Country Club for Daryl Kessner. He attended Vanderbilt, where he was a uh, three-year member of the golf team. He maintains a 1.7 index, but obviously we're interested in talking to him about golf on television. Mark is uh, an interesting study in starting as a runner in the 1989 tip-off classic in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, and moving all the way up the ladder to uh, being a, uh, the key guy in the booth for ABC on their golf coverage when they had three of the four majors. 
Then, of course, Mark ultimately ended up producing ABC ESPN Golf in two different uh, runs for them, including a very successful stint that we'll talk to him about a little bit today where he paired Paul Azinger and Nick Faldo with Mike Tirico in a, a really, really great time for golf on television. They had a, an incredible chemistry. But he's also done a lot of other great events. He did the BCS National Championship game at the Rose Bowl against uh, US, uh, Texas and USC. He's done five Rose Bowls, worked a lot with Keith, ja- Keith Jackson, who he became very close with, and uh, many, many other things in uh, sports. He came to Fox from the MLB Network in 2014, and we are very happy to now talk to Mark Loomis of Fox Sports, who will be uh, handling all of the U.S. Open coverage this week. But, uh, let's go to our chat with Mark. All right, joining us now in the Shack House is Mark Loomis. Mark is the producer of Fox's broadcast for all USGA events, uh, and in particular, this week's U.S. Open. Mark, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, Glad to be on. So tell us how you uh, got to this point in your career. You've done a lot of sports. We we read a little introduction before the show explaining your your resume. But you started out with, uh, were you essentially Keith Jackson's uh, stat man, gopher, assistant, driver. What? How, how did you begin your career that way and, and end up where you are today? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was, I was, I was Keith Jackson. I think I was Keith Jackson's uh, gopher, driver, and everyone else's too. I actually, um, you know, I didn't start working with Keith. I worked with Keith a little bit when I was uh, a production assistant at ABC, but I really, um, really didn't get to know him too well until I got called into uh, the executive producer's office and he said, hey, uh, I, I have a, uh, I have a, a plan. I think you'll like, uh, we're, Keith Jackson's only doing uh pack 10 games, uh, starting next year. And we want you to produce his games. And, uh, I thought it was a joke at first, but then when I realized that he was actually telling me the truth, I was like, yeah, I'm in. So, uh, it was an unbelievable ride. I mean, I, I, I actually even, I kind of knew it when I was doing, it. I said to somebody, you know, no matter what I do the rest of my life, I don't think it'll ever be. Uh, on the work front as good as that, just uh, spending every Saturday with Keith. I, I absolutely loved it. Was he hard to work with? Because as a, as a fan, you know, he's kind of from that era of broadcaster that could be, you know, tough, quick, you know, and and you always wonder, is that, was he like a sweetheart off camera or, or was that a little bit of a persona? You know, he, he actually, he was he was great. I, you know, the, the, he was one of those guys who definitely, you know, he had a, he wanted things to go well. He wanted things to uh, be a certain way because he wanted them to be to be good. He was, you know, a little bit of perfectionist in that way. But he treated, uh, you know, me. I mean, like a like a son. And he treated, you know, the people on our crew. We we used to have a Friday night dinner uh, all the time. We would do it almost every week. And he would in, we would invite everyone from the production assistants to, you know, to Dan Fouts. And he was uh, incredible to everybody. So he's he's you know I still keep in touch with him. He is a He's a great guy, and he loves golf. I mean, I think one of the things, one of the reasons we hit it off so well is that one of the first things we ever did was was play golf at L.A. Country Club, which is actually the first time I'd ever played there. Um, and uh, we had a we had a great day, and we we actually did it every year. Uh, you know, what people don't know about Keith was he's a heck of a golfer. I think he started. Yeah. He shot his age every year from the uh, from the time he was sixty seven to eighty. Wow. Oof. Yeah. He was great. <laughs> it's a good goal yeah, to have. Great. That, that's what I yeah, aspire exactly. to. Exactly. Exactly. Mark, how did you get from that beginning to the, the role you have now? Yeah. You know, I think, I think what, what, you know, I was involved in a lot of sports actually, I'll never forget. The first thing I did was, uh, you know, I, I got, 
uh, I started basketball. My first day on the job, I picked Dick Vitale up at the airport, and then I missed uh, Cheryl Miller at the airport, and and I was like, oh, I'm going to get fired. And then you know, at, at ABC back <laughs> in those days, uh, you 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 everybody did everything. I mean, so we we did every sport. Um, but I got hooked into golf because I had a golf background, and um, I, I was up actually in the 1990 U.S. Open. I, I was up in the uh, booth when when uh, Hale Irwin made that putt, and I was up there with Roger Twyville and Dave Marr, and I started uh, working with them as a scorer. And you know, I think you know, with TV, there aren't a ton of people with a good golf background, and that that really helped me. And I you know kind of then I was doing graphics and then I was uh, when Brett Musburger got hired I was his researcher and I just kind of made my way up up the ladder so that's that's how I got into the the golf world and it's you know it, it sounds it wasn't quick it took a long time but it was you know I loved doing it so uh, it was a great adventure. So uh, I I have a question for you. Speaking of great adventures, I've never been inside of a TV truck. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what it is that you do. So can you help uh, me and, and hopefully our listeners understand what it is that a producer does and the role of a producer in relationship to a, to a director for an event like this? Sure. First, so for this, I mean, the easiest way to say it is, is that I decide what we're going to do and then the director does it. So if I, if I say we're going to go to... Uh, Phil Mickelson's second shot on two, then the director, Steve Beim, he actually says to the technical director, okay, ready camera three, uh, take camera three, and then he cuts it. And then while he's cutting the shot, I'm either deciding, hey, we're going to put a graphic in after this shot, or we're going to go to the this golfer next, or let's use this technology here, or whatever it is. It's so I'm the uh, I'm the what we're doing, and then the director is uh, the one who actually you know goes about doing it. And and how much of that is kind of already scripted? Do you have a sense based on the uh, you know vast experience you've been doing this for a long time? Do you have kind of an idea of how that's going to go? You know. You you make you certainly plan. I mean, I have you know uh, some papers in front of me that are you know we call formats that are basically all right from ten to two because of the people that are on the golf course here, are, you know, 20 things, you know, here's some graphics we want to get in or tape to get in. But I've always found that if you end up following your format and getting everything in and kind of checking them off one by one, then you're not really uh, paying attention to the event. Which, what's much better is to be prepared and know what you think you want to do. But, the, but what you really try to do is let the, the golf uh, or any sport um, determine what you actually do. So it's it's a little bit. Yeah, you have a plan, but once you know it's what they say in a fight, you have a plan until you get hit. It's the same kind of thing. Uh, at what we do, you, you you go in with a plan, but it quickly falls apart, and then you you, you just try to kind of follow the story and and things you think you're going to use on Sunday all of a sudden make sense on Friday, uh, and you just you just have to you know that's why you surround yourself with good people to who make suggestions while you're doing one thing. They 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 make good suggestions about other things that you could be doing. Well, that, that sets you up in, in the event that you might have a weak link at studio producer. You have all that other talent around you to help overcome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we certainly separate ourselves. We certainly surround ourselves with people to help Jeff through, through all of this. Cause he, he certainly needs whatever help we can give him. Yeah. 
All right, so that would be Jeff Newbarth, our uh, our friend and consultant here on the Shack House. So, um, Mark, tell us. Uh, let's let's get into Aaron Hills a little bit first. From a talk to it, uh, us about it as a uh, as a, as an arena for television, uh, and from your perspective in terms of the challenges you have telling a story of a course nobody knows, dealing with a course that. You don't know that from a television point of view, because you guys didn't do the U.S. Amateur there. So uh, what, what kind of uh, where does it rate on the, the scale of, of one to Chambers Bay in terms of, of difficulty? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know we've we've had both we've had both things. We've had Chambers and then we had Oakmont. So we've had we've had both uh, worlds, so to speak, in our first two U.S. Open. And I, I think what what you what we you know what you learn from what, what going through at Chambers is is that. When I got home, I think people the one the one comment I got from people uh, about Chambers was you know I you know I couldn't remember what was the 14th hole again or what was yeah. the 12th hole again or you know there's not that familiarity that you have at an Oakmont or that you have at a, uh, a Augusta or wherever uh, a place you go back and back so so I think what I what I took from that was that hey we better do whatever we can to continue to remind people this is the 14th hole here are the challenges of the 14th hole. Um, and so, you know, one of the, one of the things that we found, you know, Gil Hance, uh, we brought him to Chambers Bay because we, we thought it would be good to have an architect to kind of to help us. Well, we took him to Oakmont too, cause he proved to be so valuable and he, he becomes really valuable for us, uh, at Aaron Hills as well. Um, but I mean, I think Aaron Hills is a, it's a really, it's a great place for the U S open because it, it is a big piece of property. It will allow the long hitters to hit drivers, um, and it the wind will have a lot um, to do with what happens out there. So it, there's a real variable. Last year during the uh, week of the U.S. Open, that some somebody paid attention to what the wind was doing. It blew in three different directions over those four days um, at Aaron Hills. So I think I think there's a lot of variables there that that people will be interested in, um, and it's a really beautiful place uh, with a great history behind it. There's a you know, I mean an incredible story on how uh, it ended up coming to be and how it ended up getting a U.S. Open. I'm interested in a little bit of, of your experience, Mark, in terms of your, your broadcast team. We know that the folks that are presenting the tournament can be, you know, on, on the broadcast can be a focal point for criticism by viewers. And Fox has had some pretty good personalities the first couple of years. Um, what, yeah. what generally are you looking for out of your, your color guys? You know, I think I think for the color, they have to be passionate about the sport, um, and they have to know how to kind of put you in the player's shoes. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, there's a there's a big jump between someone being you know a you you, you can turn on an interview or a press conference or, or something, and someone can be very uh, engaging because uh, you ask them a question and then they answer the question, and then you ask them another question and they answer a question. There's a big jump between that and kind of being a self-starter and somebody who's able to say interesting things and think about interesting things that they're watching. Um, and, and it's really no way to know if you're going to be good at it or bad at it until you do it. Um, and so we're looking for someone who's really passionate and somebody knows who, who to be descriptive and to put people in the player's shoes. I mean, I think, and I think that, you know, Paul is certainly that way. He, you know, and he's been doing it for, for a long time. He really gets the rhythm of television. 
Uh, Brad has been great at it. Brad has been a, a, a real star for us in the first couple of years, Faxon. And then having Curtis and Steve Flesh, all of those guys have been there. And so they, they, they have, um, you know, they've kind of earned the right to, A, have an opinion, but they all know how to kind of put you out on the golf course. And, and, and that's, a, you know, that's what we're looking for first and foremost. Uh, well, two things off of that, Mark. You, for, t- take us back to when you were at ESPN and you paired – and it seems kind of uh, odd now in hindsight to think that how how revolutionary this was or bold this was. But you paired Tarico uh, with uh, Faldo and uh, Paul Azinger, and I thought it was the best broadcast team ever just because they had such a great rapport. How, how did that um, come about, and, 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 and is that something you think uh, you're continuing trying to, to push to, to, to liven up broadcasts with, with the setup you have here? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the Azinger and Faldo thing was certainly not something that we planned originally. We we went in the process. We ended up um, we ended up having kind of a summer where Curtis wasn't with us anymore, and we we were trying to kind of find the right replacement. And we had uh, we had Paul do a show. We had Nick do the the he did the Open Championship with us. And you know, we I thought they either one of them would be great. And then, but it occurred to me that you know. Wouldn't it be great if we had them both? I, you know, I think uh, I'll, I'll uh, give kudos to Johnny Miller. Instead of trying to find somebody who was as good as he was, because he's, you know, he's he's really good at what he does. Um, at the time, my decision was, hey, you know what? Instead of trying to find somebody to compete with Johnny, why don't we just do it differently, and then we'll we'll see what we get. And and so I think, you know, I, I remember, you know, you can get magic through that. Or you can get people who kind of compete with each other, and I think, hmm. well, you know, to, I'll give you, you know, the credit to Nick and, and Paul, you know, two guys who really didn't know each other very well, um, except for having competed against each other on the golf course. Um, you know, th- they were really um, generous with each other in terms of giving the other space and letting the other be themselves. Uh, and the, and the, you know, and and Mike is so good. At, um, at kind of letting the analyst be the star. And not only does he let them be the star, but he sets them up to be the star. Hmm. Um, and so the, just the combination, it was, you know, it was just a little bit, you know, it's part luck. It's part, uh, you know, it's part, you know, I know these guys are going to be good individually, but maybe they'll be even better together. And, and, and I, you know, it, it turned out great for us. Well, and it, it got a little bit edgy at times, and, and as a viewer, that was an, a good edgy in terms of you sensed, uh-oh, the red phone is ringing in the truck, the tour headquarters aren't going to like that. Um, but that, I think, is what made them fantastic uh, in the way that, that other great sort of three-man boosted. Uh, so on that note, uh, you know, last year it seemed like the team really gelled and, and, and handled what was a brutally difficult situation with Dustin Johnson very well. And in part, cause they were critical. Did you um, have any fallout or has there been any tension with the USGA over the fact that they, they covered that very bluntly? No, I mean, you know, I think, I think you're, if, if, you know, if the two of you uh, or Jeff, let's just say you were on TV and, and you criticize Joe, I, I, I think uh, I think there'd be an initial tension there. I mean, that's just that's just a, a, a an obvious thing uh, to have. But I think you know you quickly get by. You talk about it, and you get past it very quickly. Um, and you know, we we got faced with a, a sporting event that turned into a news event to, to some degree, and we were trying to just tell the story the best we possibly could. And and, and I and I, I I said this in uh, you know headsets, and I said this. Uh, 
everybody in the truck. Let's just be as honest about it and as fair about it as we possibly can be. And is we'll tell all sides of the story, and that's all we can do. And you know, and I think you know that's one of the reasons why it's great to have, uh, you know, where you really need good analysts because Paul and Brad and Curtis and Steve and whoever else uh, who was involved, you know, they've they've again they've earned the right to have that opinion. And I, if you don't have an agenda, which none of them had, that I you know I said say whatever you want to say about how you how you think about what's happening, and it turned out. You know, it turned out to be uh, an interesting story. We didn't, uh, certainly, it was a uh, crazy thing to be involved in as you're trying to tell the story of the U.S. Open at the same time you're trying to tell the story of this ruling. And we didn't, you know, it's hard to do a football game when you don't know the score. It's also hard to do a golf event when you don't know the score. So it was a, it was a crazy thing to go through. Um, but, I, you know, to the viewer at home, I'm sure it was interesting. Hey, hey Mark, uh, one of the things that Shaq and I do on the show is compare notes on on broadcasts of of you know the kind of the bigger events and and Shaq and I both are enormous fans of the of the tracer technology and we have both been complimentary of what Fox has tried to do in the way of innovating um, its approach to delivering, you know, views of, of the holes and the, the experience through the use of, of some of the 3D technology, the tracer technology. Um, can you take us through, from, from kind of a production point of view, what the difficulties are and kind of the, the cost element that golf viewers uh, like us may not understand? Um, and help us understand why it is that we might not get as much of that tracer technology as we would we we, we would love to have because I I could I could have it on every shot I love I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, I think that from a cost perspective, there is a there is a big cost to it. So I think I think you have a you know it's a hard it's a hard thing to justify on every shot from a cost perspective if you don't have uh, you know if you're not doing a a big event for us at the U.S. Open, it's obviously biggest event we have, you know, one of the, one of the majors in golf. So we, we will do it. And I agree with you. I think that the tracer has kind of told a story that forever wasn't being, uh, you weren't able to tell, which is when the ball was hit, you just see a tight shot of the ball in the air and you had no idea where it was going. So, you know, when we have from the start tried to incorporate it as much as we possibly can this year, again, we'll have uh, ability to trace, golf balls off every tee shot. So on all 18 holes, we'll have the ability to either trace it or follow it with our, what we call our flight track, which is the, the right side slab that has kind of the real time ball flying over the whole model, um, which we, we debuted last year at Oakmont. So yeah, I love that. Holes, I love that. Yeah, it's been great. And, you know, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in that flight track. The one thing that's really allowed us, so there's a delay when you use the tracer, there's a delay. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's about a half a second delay. So it's confusing for the director and it's a hard thing to cut in because theoretically, if you're shooting the guy, guy from one camera, that's not the tracer camera. And then you cut to the other camera. That is the tracer camera. There's, you've gone a half a second back in time. So there, there are ways around it, but it's a hard thing to do. So with the flight track though, you can cover the golfer however you want. And then you still get the, the flight of the ball in the right side slab. So th- that really has opened up, and that really opened up some things for us. We did it, I think, on three holes last year. We're doing it on nine holes this year. Um, oh, and so, yeah. So it, it, it'll be, that'll be a great addition. And it really helps on holes 
at Aaron Hills, there are holes that where you have to fly it over mounds to get an extra. If you fly it over this mound, you can get an extra 50 yards of run or something like that. It'll really help on those holes. Um, and so uh, that'll be that'll really work out well for us. But the, the and then we have the ability to trace a lot of shots in the fairways. Um, you know, the, it, I, I did hear Tommy uh, Roy uh, on your uh, your tele, uh, on your podcast a, f- a few weeks ago talk about how it forces you wide, and it does. Uh, there's no doubt about it that when we did it at Chambers Bay, I think people were a little bit taken back by the angles mm-hmm. and by the by us being wide because they just weren't used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the whole the whole saying is is you know everyone wants something different until they see it. And then you show it to them, and then you go, and they go, oh, oh, wait, that's not what I'm used to. But I think people are getting more and more used to it, and then it's it's on us around those tracer shots to get into their eyes, to do replays of tight face shots, or you know, to to, to get a cutback of the of the player after they hit. But I am adamant, and I firmly believe that if you look back at Dustin Johnson last year, the thing, or the last two years in the U.S. Open. The thing that I think has really stuck out to me on the 18th hole are uh, Chambers. He hit that incredible moonshot drive um, that uh, that he put him in a perfect position to, to hit the green in two. And then last year at Oakmont, two really hard golf shots. He hit the most beautiful fades uh, with uh, the tee and the second shot that you, you would never have really mm. uh, appreciated before the tracer. So I, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, you imagine what what the tracer would have been like when uh, you know Ray Floyd or Bruce Litsky were were playing or Trevino when they when they they move the ball, people would go nuts. I think because these guys don't move the ball that much, and it would just be uh, it'd be like artwork. I think with uh, with those guys. So, Mark, I'm sure you follow a lot of the discussion these days with kind of the consternation over all of sports and television and millennials and all that and and golf it seems to be facing it as much as or more than any sport would you say in terms of people fretting about you know where do what do we do to to keep uh the future generations interested is that is that you think that's fair to say or is golf just one of many sports dealing with this yeah you know i think i think it's i i would say it's 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 one of many i don't think it's necessarily uh you know i don't i don't think it's necessarily golf specific i just think people's viewing habits are def are different i mean i, I you know my i have I have two kids i have a fourteen year old and a sixteen year old uh and and they they watch and they consume media way differently than i did that's for sure yeah. um and so you know you definitely have to be cognizant of it it's why we do digital channels it's why we do featured groups and featured holes and I, you know, I, I, you know, hopefully people, um, you know, that they find those and, 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 and if they're interested in that kind of experience, uh, that's different than what we're doing. But at the, at the end, it, you know, our job is to cover the event, um, the best way that we can. Um, and if things like tracer technology and, uh, the whole mics, uh, in the cups, that brought the conversation that we heard between Jason Day and Dustin Johnson um, uh, at the Chambers Bay on the 18th hole on the 72nd hole, or likewise, it, it's the conversation that that it's the way we heard Dustin Johnson talk to the official last year uh, on the fifth hole at, at Oakmont. If those things kind of bring you closer to the action, you know, maybe you are appealing to a little bit of, of a younger generation. So, 
Um, but it's not something you, you know, it's not something that keeps me up at night. I mean, it's, it's something yeah. that, that, that's happening. Um, but there, it's just a, a general trend. It's, it's hard to really, uh, do much, too much about it. All right. So last thing. So in the context of that discussion, or just, just in your experience of doing golf, you have an unlimited budget, you have no restrictions with players. They're wonderfully cooperative and happy to help. Uh, is there one thing uh, that you you would love to be able to do, have gimmick uh, technology or leeway to 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 make golf on television better? If you had, if if you if you could, Mike, if look, if you could, Mike, every player. I'm not even sure. Uh, you know, you could basically have your announcers take you in on the commercials and then go down <laughs> to the action uh, and then like every player. Now, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but, um, you know, we're getting closer to that golf. In fact, in golf, you probably hear more of the conversation than you hear uh, in any other sport, um, to be to be honest. I mean, you know, you, you hear all the conversation between the caddies now. Um, I talked about the, the cup, Mike. So you're, 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 you're hearing a lot of it. But to me, the thing that that I always, you know, hope we keep getting better at is um, is showing, uh, you know, contour changes. I mean, I think, you know, the, the old saying is every time somebody goes to Augusta, they 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 can't believe how uh, big and how big the hills are and how wide right. open and, and that whole look you see from the top of the hill. Um, you know, I I produced the the three D at Augusta twice two years in a row, and if we could ever the more we can bring that experience home, you don't have to sit in your house with glasses on and not talk to anybody. Um, the, the more we could bring that experience home, the better. So as technology improves, I mean, certainly, um, you know, we're way farther ahead in terms of HD to SD and, and, you know, 4k is coming and it gives you more depth. So all of these different things, I think that's where we have the most with golf. I think those would pay off the most, um, uh, in terms of bringing a viewer onto the golf course. Well, Mark, we thank you very, very much for your time today. Shaq and I are uh, super excited about this year's broadcast. I can't wait to see Aaron Hills um, delivered to us with the uh, benefit of what you have learned over the last couple of years and, you know, the Chambers Bay experience. So I'm, I'm very excited for this uh, introduction to Aaron Hills and uh, best of luck to you and the team on an outstanding broadcast this year. Well, thanks. We're really looking forward to it. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a great place. It's a, like I said, it's a great story. And, and I think, I really do think it's a, a, a good golf course for you. So and I think, I think it'll be a, a, a real, uh, opportunity for for long hitters to hit it long and and short hitters to to kind of pick their way around it. Beautiful, thank you. That 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 will help our gamblers out there listening with uh, with their picks. Yes, thank you. Well, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. All right, thank you. Hey, thanks again to Mark Loomis. We wish him the best of luck with the uh, the Fox Sports broadcast of the U.S. Open. Should be a great week here at Aaron Hills. Fun to see all the innovation and. And uh, bells and whistles are going to roll out this week. House, let's close the show with a word about Chrome Soft, the ball that changed the ball. Callaway has been the fastest growing major golf ball brand since 2013, and its Chrome Soft golf ball has been a major part of that. The key to the Chrome Soft's performance, of course, is a dual soft fast core, which makes it extremely fast, incredibly soft, and unbelievably easy to control. With Father's Day coming up, help Dad play some better golf by gifting him the only golf ball with a dual soft fast cord. Go to CallawayGolf.com slash Father's Day to explore the full Father's Day gift guide. 
And don't hesitate, by the way, to check out those custom wedges as well, because you know you got that House 25 code for $25 off. Anyway, Chrome Soft, it's a ball that changed the ball. House, good luck in your member guest. I know you'll be uh, keeping an eye on the U.S. Open and then hopefully watching it and spending. Uh, is that your Father's Day thing? Do you get to watch? The all open, day Sunday. Absolutely. It's the only thing I asked for. That's exactly right. I'll get to okay, watch good. all day Sunday, all right. and I'll be catching quite a bit of, of the replay. And, you know, it's on both sides of the member guests. So I'll get quite a bit okay. of the tournament, believe me. And you'll be on Cousin Sal's Paul, uh, pod tomorrow. We get your final picks there and on Twitter, House from DC. I'm Jeff Shack and on Twitter. And, of course, I'll be uh, keeping an eye on your uh, your picks and trying to funnel some information to you if I can. And, of course, we'll be on Phil Mickelson Watch and many other great things here from Aaron Hills. How's anything else you got? I just will have one thing, Shaq, and that is Shaq. Oh! is ready for the U.S. Open. We are ready for the U.S. Open, Shaq. It's not normal behavior. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.